0: Special bonus episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast here. David Harrison joined by Brandon Olson of the Locked On Gators podcast. We're talking about Florida Gators on the Buccaneers roster, and we're talking about Florida Gators that might join the Buccaneers roster in the 2022 NFL draft. We're doing that now on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Let's go.
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of
0: the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: We are here with Locked On Crossover Action. Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators, David Harrison from Locked On Bucks, talking about that Florida Gators Tampa Bay Buccaneers connection. This bonus episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And David, I'm going to start off with the most important player to talk about, at least from my perspective. So. Kyle Trask drafted in the second round last season. We were we were like, oh, he's going to be a backup for a year or two, become the starter. And then Brady retired. And I was like, yes, starter. <laughs> and then Brady's like, you know what? No, nah, I'm, I'm going to keep it road to you. That ain't happening. Uh, so, so what is the Kyle
0: Trask current situation? Uh, he's just a guy in development. You know what I mean? And I think that's what the intention was. I don't know. Ah, uh, what the temperature in the room is, you know, or was within the Buccaneers organization when they drafted him. As far as how long they expect they expected Tom Brady to play, but I get the feeling that they expected Tom to have two years, including 2021, so that year, uh, and then this year, and then Kyle Trask in that third season uh, in the NFL would either do enough in the meeting rooms and in practice, training camp, preseason, all that, uh, to show that the Buccaneers can have some confidence in him potentially competing for that starting job, or they would know enough about him to know that they need to swing for the fences for another franchise quarterback or move up in the draft uh, for another first round quarterback, whatever, whatever that result was going to be. But Kyle is going to get time to continue to develop. And, and that's where the conversation kind of, I don't want to say got like angry or got negative, but it just, it got hairy a little bit because you have people who saw uh, some of the raw athletic tools that that Kyle had for an NFL quarterback coming out of the draft. And you say, and you want to say, well, those things are still there, but now they're a year more mature. And they're a year more developed under NFL coaching and studying behind Tom Brady. So you just kind of naturally assume there's going to be some progression there. But unfortunately, that's just nothing we can confirm. And we would tell Gator fans specifically that listen to Lockdown Bucks podcast. We're not going to crown him based off of projections and assumptions. We're going to wait until we have something to see. So until we have that, which is not fair to Kyle either, because he can't go out there in the middle of March and throw the ball around and show us what he's got. We can't sit here and crown him. I think the real value coming out of this first year, Brandon, is that the Buccaneers having to face life after Brady found out how they feel about Kyle right now. And if inside the building it was just total panic and, oh, my, we've got to scramble the Jets, we got to go find a new target, we cannot roll out with this kid, that tells you something. Right now, at the same time, if they're like, hey, we don't think Kyle is ready yet, so let's go get another veteran, let's go get a bridge quarterback and maybe see uh, if we can still keep some time for Kyle to develop. That also tells you something because if you're still confident in the plan moving forward, then it shows you that Kyle may not have blown your socks off, but he's done nothing to, 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 to deteriorate the, the, the idea about him uh, that led to the second round pick. And now we,
1: we, we can talk about him being the backup, and now there's, there's Griffin, there's Gabbard there. Um, what does it say to you, at least, if it says anything, that the Buccaneers brought back Blaine Gabbard when Kyle Trask could have been their primary backup?
0: It says nothing about Kyle Trask for me, if anything, it shows a lot about Blaine Gabbert and, and Bruce Arians, uh, you know, before he retired from being the head coach of the team, he went on record and talked about how valuable it was to have Blaine in the room to help Kyle Trask's development as a professional, as a as, a, as a NFL level studier of the game uh, and all those things. And so bringing him back again, and I don't know where the depth chart is going to align. I don't know if Kyle Trask is going to be the two or the three or if, if Kyle is going to be on the practice squad or, or how they're going to. Manipula- manipulate this, manipulate this thing, but at the end of the day, we uh, if Blaine was really that instrumental, and again, a lot of these comments are unsolicited. They're just they're just things that Bruce would bring up on his own, uh, so you believe them a little bit more than you know outside of a solicited comment. Then it just shows that Blaine is just that much of a steadying presence and a veteran in the locker room uh, that they wanted to have him back. I don't think. It, it may lead to Kyle not being the number two quarterback, certainly, but I don't think it necessarily takes away from Kyle's standing within the organization from a long-term aspect. All right. And obviously
1: the listeners today won't know this, but uh, we recorded this a couple days ago, and yeah. then immediately after we recorded, uh, the Buccaneers wanted to add to this episode. They they felt that it needed more juice. Uh, so they added Keanu Neal. Is there any feeling right now for what his role is going to be? I know he's moving from safety to linebacker, then back from linebacker to safety. But is there any more elaboration there?
0: I think he's just he's just gonna be a fluid guy, you know. And Todd Bowles has always been the type of coach and, and coordinator who wants to use guys in their strength, and he's gonna pass that on to his co-defensive coordinators. You know, they've been studying uh, at that same school as well, and and you can bet that that both of them are just gonna look at their the eleven positions they have on the field and how do we best execute what we're trying to achieve against this opponent in this scenario uh, with the players that we have available. And I think that Logan Ryan is going to get some safety snaps. Keanu Neal is going to get some safety snaps. Mike Edwards uh, is also going to be there. And then Antoine Winfield Jr. is kind of like your safety number one, more traditional free safety type of role. But really, you know, the the idea or the the goal for any defense is to be able to be in a formation or an alignment to where no matter what the offense does, you don't have to tip your hand. And I think when you have uh, the coverage ability and the effort in the tackling game, I mean, I would argue Keanu Neal is a better tackler. Against the run than than Logan Ryan, but they're both fully capable. They're both willing to stick their nose in the dirt, and that's really what you want from a team. So, you know, if you're facing the say the Atlanta Falcons and they move Kyle Pitts, you don't necessarily have to show your coverage scheme by by moving along with them. You can just signal, communicate, keep in the same formation, and it makes the quarterback take a little bit of an extra beat before they can execute their play because they don't know what you're doing. That's what a Todd Bowles defense likes to do, and that's what Casey Rogers and Larry Foot are going to try to continue on as they take the reins as well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, all my listeners know by now, I always say versatility is the name of the game. Yeah. When you've got guys like Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal, that's exactly what you're getting. There's one more Gator that the Bucks signed this offseason, in and Fred Johnson. What's the feel with his role and his potential future with the uh, club?
0: <laughs> uh, depth. You know what I mean? I mean, he's, he's a, he's a young guy too, so he could potentially uh, develop his way into a starting role someday. And you never know in, the, in this day and age, in this league, uh, injuries happen. You know, we saw Tristan Wirfs go down at the worst possible time last year. Maybe they look at Fred and they look at his experience with the Bengals, and he's got some playoff experience now, a Super Bowl run uh, under his belt. Maybe they look at him as a guy that can that can potentially step up there uh, for Tristan. But he's going to have some competition. We expect them to invest uh, one, if not two, draft picks into the offensive line, and then you always always have the post draft cycle of uh, free agency as well. Someone's bound to get released, uh, or someone out there who is still waiting on a job is going to get picked up. So Fred is going to have an opportunity to carve out kind of a primary bench roll call, it like a sixth man type of position, be competitive there. Uh, The starting jobs are are spoken for. So that's not going to be a thing, Uh, but I think he can definitely show. And and again, versatility, right? If If they have multiple guys that can play multiple spots on the field, given the situation they're in, then, then he'll, he'll get some playing time.
1: Yeah. I think that's the thing with Fred Johnson more is just his experience playing both tackle spots, guarding college. I, I think that that's going to be the way that he works his way onto the roster, which is, I, I, like I said, versatility is the name of the game. I, I love positionless football, so being able to move around is very important for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's what we expect Fred to bring, and that's what we expect to see in training camp is that versatility uh, from him, from all the other Gators as well, uh, and then, ho- and looking forward, honestly, I haven't seen Kyle Trask throw football since, what, last August, so I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Kyle Trask uh, get back on the field and show some of the skill he got. Speaking of versatility, Brandon, we're going to talk about some of that versatility that Florida might offer to some NFL teams. But first, we're going to talk about one of our, one of our most versatile sponsors here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And that, of course, is the good people over at Built.com. And if you haven't tried Built Puffs already, you're missing out on one of the best protein-infused products on the market because they are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. marshmallow. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate low calorie high protein most built bars whether it's the puffs or the traditional bars 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 net carbs and 17 grams of protein because that built bar they're all about the taste they make it taste delicious then they worry about the health and they make it work every single time caramel brownie yellow chirps and brownie batter puffs are some of the flavors that are just coming out right now over at built.com so whether you want traditional flavor or one of these new ones head to built.com use a promo code lock 15 to get 15% off of whatever your next order is again the promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com wrapped up this crossover episode bonus episode here on the locked on podcast network locked on bucks locked on gators brandon Olson, david harrison talking nfl draft now we're going to flip to the florida gators in the nfl draft and brandon we all know about, well, I don't say we all know, but Kyrie Elam, one of the top cornerbacks in this year's class, and we were talking about a little bit off air before pr- recording, really to me kind of looks like the perfect Todd Bowles type of cornerback, of and we got to get away from saying the Todd Bowles cornerback, because now he's the head coach, but it is what it is. Kyrie Elam, he's, he's long enough, he's tall enough, he's physical enough, plays a little bit of man, plays a little bit of zone, and that's exactly what Todd Bowles wants to do. My only question is, is he worthy of a number one overall pick for for a team at number 27, specifically, if you already have Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, who has shown a lot of growth in a short time in his NFL career?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I I think, you know, you grab the best player available and Kyrie is kind of, I don't want to say being slept on because people are still saying he's a possible first round pick, but... I feel like a lot of team are kind of, a lot of teams are kind of just underestimating him right now. Uh, he's someone who's got experience playing man, playing zone. Like you mentioned, you know, Todd Grantham, one thing he did well, maybe the only thing he did well at Florida was mix up coverages. So Kyrie experience mm-hmm. in cover one, cover three, uh, cover two, cover four. He, he's done pretty much everything. I don't know why I did him in that order, but <laughs> he's, he's experiencing pretty much everything. Very physical at the line of scrimmage. I, I think you take him and you let him. I mean, you could play him immediately. I don't think that's a problem. But with the Bucks specifically, given their corner situation, I like their yeah. corners for the most part. Uh, but I think y- you got a few guys on rookie deals, uh, expiring contracts coming up. Yep. And I think that he's a cheap way to keep strength at that position.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just talked about Jamal Dean. He's, he's on the last year of his rookie deal, Sean Murphy bunting. Always on the also on the last year of his rookie deal. Both of those guys have some question marks around him. I think Jamal Dean is probably a little bit ahead in the race, uh, you know, beyond Sean Murphy Bunting. Sean had a very, a very rough 2021 NFL season, both of them looking to improve and show the Buccaneers why they're meant to be uh long-term members of the team. But again, like you said, if the Buccaneers want to save some money moving forward, but still have a strong secondary, bringing in a guy like Ky- Kyrie Elam could definitely be the fit at number 27. Of course, and you also have my favorite gator in this NFL draft, Damian Pierce. The running back who I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't really all that high. I, not that I was low on him. I just didn't really have much of an opinion on him entering Mobile this year uh, at the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl. And very quickly he showed out on the field and showed up And uh, honestly in an environment, Brandon, that you know as well. That I, I do. Is not really designed for running backs to stand out yet? He was still able to do so, especially on the, the bad weather day there in day two.
1: Yeah, I think Damian Pierce is just so talented overall. Like, I, I think he's got a ton of power, a ton of punch. He's the best pass-protecting back in, in the NFL draft, I think. Oh. I, he's phenomenal there. Uh, and I think that's really where he's going to make his money as kind of a guy who can be a receiver. He's solid there, but his pass-protecting is already NFL caliber we talk about guys who are generational talents I mean look at Saquon he's he's a phenomenal runner phenomenal receiver but pass protecting is terrible especially when you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones who is mobile and fumbles but I mean you guys have Tom Brady back there he's not as mobile so it's important to keep him protected and keep him safe so having Damian Pierce who's someone who will always show out as a pass protector and is very important as a runner in between the tackles I, I think he's a perfect fit.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that Kyle Trask wouldn't be mad about having Damian Pierce on the, on the same roster with him and, and feel comfortable with him back there as he's trying to stay on his feet in his NFL career. Uh, and then you have two other prospects or anybody else that we might be missing as well. Jeremiah Moon, who, again, we talked about previously, I actually just mocked him to the Washington Commanders. Not that Buccaneers fans are going to care who I mocked the Washington Commanders, but a very good pick. PFF was very happy with my selection of Jeremiah Moon. So let's talk about him as a linebacker. The Bucs could definitely use some linebacker help as as well, not a. they're losing Kevin Minter, a veteran uh, team captain, say, a special teams contributor. They do have K.J. Britt out of Auburn from last year, and then they have uh, last year's Mr. Irrelevant Grant Stewart, but not much of a defensive contributor, definitely special teams. But Jeremiah Moon, I feel like a guy who can contribute special teams and on defense. Yeah, Jeremiah Moon is,
1: like I've said it multiple times already, versatility is the name of the game, and that is Jeremiah Moon. He started as a hand-in-the-dirt edge rusher. He's played as, an, as a stand-up edge rusher. He's played as an off-ball linebacker. He started there this past year. He's a freak athlete. He, he's got a ton of tools, and he's someone who you watch his tape, and you go, oh, oh he's, he's kind of breaking out a little bit there, but he's never really been able to put it all together. The biggest issue with him has been injuries. He, he's dealt with quite a few injuries in his college career that derailed him this past season, too but he is someone who can play multiple roles on any defense. He can contribute in multiple ways. And I think that when you look at special teams as well, he's absolutely someone that you'd want on your team.
0: Yeah, look, and, and those those late round picks, that's where you take those risks, right? We saw Jack Cicci, uh linebacker out of Wisconsin. The Buccaneers drafted him late in the NFL draft four, four or five years ago now. Uh, he ended up plagued with injuries during his NFL time as well and has ultimately retired. But that's where you take those risks on talent over concern. So Jeremiah Moon certainly a guy that's going to be in play and a lot of Florida Gators are going to be in play, I think, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brandon, which would make a lot of our listeners happy. A lot of our viewers happy. Shout out to our guy, Joshua Gardner, one of the most diehard Gator fans, but also realistic in a lot of his takes uh, surrounding Florida Gator players. So I always appreciate that. We appreciate his contributions. And of course, we appreciate you both from the Lockdown Bucks, Lockdown Gators. Appreciate all of our listeners and our viewers joining us over on YouTube. Make sure you stay tuned. This is a great idea hatched by Brandon. More of them are going to be coming, and he's inspired us. So Locked On Bucks listeners and viewers, you're going to get more college crossover bonus episodes, just like this one previewing the NFL draft class and talking about current players from those collegiate programs as well. Penn State, I mean, that's an easy one, right? We'll have to get Big Ten uh, represented here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Until we speak again next time, make sure you're not only checking out Locked On Gators, Locked On Bucks. Find me on Twitter at DHarrison82. Find Brandon at WNS underscore Brandon. The WNS for whole nine sports, so make sure you support that. As well. Also, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast because why not have more coverage of the thing you love, and that is NFL football? Until we meet again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to of one another, wash your hands, and thank you for joining us on this crossover bonus episode on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.